welcome to the Nutrition Science Podcast, where we help you cut through the noise and make informed, science-based decisions about nutrition and your health. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Nutrition Science Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Adrian Chavez, and in this episode, we are going to be discussing how to change your habits. And this is mainly going to be through the lens of exercise and nutrition, well, completely through the lens of exercise and nutrition, because those are my areas of expertise. So I'm not going to be talking about how to change your habits with organization or with smoking or anything like that, although some of this information may apply. So we'll be discussing how to get started, like steps that you can take to get started, and then also things that you can do to maintain long-term behavior change, some things that you can put in place that are going to help you sustain that habit change because just changing a habit for a couple of weeks isn't going to do you any good. The benefits come from continued habit change, from doing the things over and over and over again over a long period of time. Before we get started, I want to encourage you, if you have not already, to tune into last week's episode of the podcast. Do it after this or after you listen to this episode. This episode should be about 20 minutes. But I recommend going and listening to that episode as well. I had my good friend, Dr. Joey Munoz on, and we talked about how to build muscle. And that was a title of the podcast. But in reality, we discussed the importance of resistance training, why it's important for health, for longevity, for physical function, and then also how to get started. Like, what are some things that are important? How to get started, what to look for, things like that. And I know for many people, there's a barrier to resistance training. It's, it's not as easy as just going for a run. And it's uncomfortable. And many people struggle with getting started or struggle with really like getting into a good program as a result of this. So I think tuning into that episode for many of you will be incredibly helpful. Another thing I want to mention, I have been seeing reviews come in for the podcast, and I really appreciate that. I want to encourage anyone who's listening, who's enjoying the show, if you want to go spend a couple of minutes right now and go leave a review, that would be incredibly helpful and I would be really thankful for that. Like I mentioned, the reviews are going up, uh, all five star, which I really appreciate. There was one person who left a one star review, but I think that person was angry at me because of some of my Instagram content, because it seemed like someone who was commenting on one of my posts, which is not unexpected. But I appreciate all of you who have gone and left five-star reviews. And those of you who have tagged me on post, who have told me that you're sharing the podcast with your friends or your clients or your patients, I really appreciate that. The show is growing quite quickly. And I'm really excited to see that because I want to get more evidence-based and accurate information out to more people. So I thank you so much for that. For those of you who have donated, I really appreciate that. I am still putting the PayPal link in the show notes. I really appreciate that. The production costs have been covered and I like, I can't thank you all enough. And this podcast will definitely continue to go on and, you know, I will continue to be putting out these weekly episodes next week. So to this week, we're not going to get into too much depth. This isn't going to be like a super science heavy episode. But next week, we're going to be talking about saturated fat and health outcomes. And that one's going to be a little more science heavy, but that one's going to be a really good topic that I get a lot of questions about. 
And that's going to answer pretty much any question you might have about that specific topic. All right, now let's go ahead and get into the content of the show. Let's talk about how to change your habits. And we're going to start with some steps to take. And the first thing that I recommend doing is identifying very specific habits that you can benefit most from changing. So I know we, you know, I talk about things that are important. You see other people talking about things that are important. Don't pay so much attention to that or pay attention to that, of course. Learn from learn information from me. But I want you to look at your own life and think about the things, the low-hanging fruit that you could likely benefit most from changing. So if you have really poor sleep, for example, that's probably the thing that you need to focus on most. And focus on one or two low-hanging fruit. So if it's poor sleep, if it's the fact that you don't exercise at all, or you exercise but you sit all day, and you do no movement throughout the day, and you, you average a very low number of steps every day. Could be that. Could be that you're not eating enough produce. Could be that you're not eating enough fiber. Could be that you have no idea how much energy you're eating how much overall calories you're taking in and you're likely taking in too many because you're gaining weight. There are many different things that could be that focus for you, but don't overdo it and make it very specific so that you can identify exactly what it is that you're trying to change and grab those low hanging fruit, grab one or two things for you that are going to make the biggest impact could be drinking water adding in a, a serving of vegetables at each meal. You know, it doesn't have to be overly complicated. It, it shouldn't be overly complicated. It should be very simple. And it should be a few different things that, that are very clear. It's not, I want to eat healthier. What does that mean? It's not going to help you. If you're saying, I'm going to eat healthier next, next week. I'm going to start eating healthier next week. It's not going to get you anywhere. So identify very specific habits that you want to change and identify very specific habits that you want to change in your life that you know you're going to benefit from improving. Because if, if you're already exercising regularly and you have a really good training routine, um, adding to your training routine isn't going to benefit you if you know that you're also sleeping four hours a night. You know, that that needs to be addressed instead, you know. And I've I've been there myself where I think it's my nutrition and I need to dial in my nutrition or I need to, you know, do other things when it's, when it's sleep or something else. And so really pay attention to what's going to make the most sense for you. And next you want to create a plan or create a very specific, you know, plan of action for how you're going to start modifying that behavior. So for example, if your goal is to sleep a little bit more, maybe you put a bedtime for yourself and you set an alarm and that alarm goes off and you're going to bed at 9.30, the alarm goes off at 9.15 and says go to bed at 9.30. And so you, you figure out how, to, how you're going to actually start changing that habit. If it's eating more vegetables, Maybe that's keeping bag salads in the fridge and having a salad for lunch every day and mixing that with some protein 
and you know some other vegetables so you have you know a, a mixed greens and then you mix that with some cucumber and carrots and peppers and some chicken and you put like a yogurt ranch Bolthouse farms has a has my favorite dressing so uh, for those of you who are not dairy intolerant and you're looking for good salad dressings Bolthouse farms has a lot of different types of yogurt based dressings that are going to be lower calorie than oil based dressings and they taste just as good they're actually creamier in my opinion i i like the way they taste better they need to be refrigerated they go they can go bad more quickly than some of the other dressings but if you're eating a salad every day you're going to need to have you know you're going to be able to go through it so i highly recommend you know figuring out what that plan of action is if it's if you're going to be more active so if you're going to exercise you're going to do two days per week of resistance training. How are you going to do that? What's going to go into that? What does that look like? Are you just going to walk in the gym and just start lifting whatever? Spend some time ahead of time and figure out exactly what your plan is on how you're going to execute that habit. Lack of planning and lack of intentionality is where a lot of people go wrong. You know, they say, I'm going to change. I'm going to exercise next week. What days? What are you going to do? What time are you going to go? What are you going to wear even? You know, plan how you're going to execute that habit so that you're more likely to execute that habit. When you just say you're going to do it, you're less likely to do it. If you write it down, if you put it on your calendar, if you write it on your, like, for example, I have a whiteboard right here. If, if I write it right there, I'm more likely to do it. It doesn't always get done but I'm more likely to do it. And the the end goal is never going to be, or the end result is never going to be perfection. But if we can set up ourselves to be more likely to do something, and we start doing it more and more, and then we start feeling the benefits of doing that, and then that encourages us to do it more and more, because if you go and exercise a couple of days per week, and you get get better at it, you start getting stronger, you're actually you know lifting and you know what you're doing, and you get past that learning curve, you're most likely going to feel good from it. And you're most likely going to start to see some gains in strength and some gains in your body composition. And that's going to start reinforcing the habit. But you have to do what you can at the beginning to set yourself up for success. And the next thing is tracking your progress. So if that is, say, another habit, for example, is drinking more water. So if you know that you just you just don't drink water, you drink diet soda all day or other beverages, and there's nothing wrong with diet soda. I've done an episode. If you want to learn more about artificial sweeteners, that's a nuanced topic. I'm not going to go into detail on that right now, but check out my previous episode on that topic and you can learn more about that. But if you just know that you could probably benefit from drinking more water, you give yourself a target, you know, 64 ounces per day. And then you figure out a way to track it. So I always encourage, oftentimes encourage people to, let's say, for example, it's 64 ounces that you're trying to drink. Well, get a water bottle that's 32 ounces and make sure you drink it twice every day. And then if you wanted to, you could take it the next step further and have a, you know, you can put a, a chart somewhere and you can check off whether or not you executed that habit. So did you consume your water today? Yes or no, check or no check, 
and then you track your progress. There are apps that will do it. Some people like to do it on paper. Some people are okay not doing it on either of those and just being mindful of whether or not they're meeting their targets regularly. So you know that if you're not drinking your water, okay, what did I do wrong today? What can I do better tomorrow? If at the end of the day, you have your water bottle next to you and you know that you haven't finished it, you know, it doesn't, you're going to learn from the data that you're going to get from tracking. And then you're going to learn how to adjust your behaviors. So if you realize, say you're tracking your calories, and again, I don't recommend this for everyone, but it can be very beneficial for some people. If you want to learn more about that topic, I have a podcast on energy balance a few episodes back as well. It's a really good podcast. I highly recommend checking that out. But if you're tracking your calories, for example, and that's going to give you information, you're going to see, oh, wow, when so-and-so brought in these donuts, I ended up eating 800 calories in two donuts. I had no idea. Maybe I'll just eat one next time. Or maybe I'll just skip the donuts and because they look delicious, I'll go have another treat that I enjoy. Ice cream that's 200 calories. You know, there's ways to uh, gather data and learn about what that data tells you about what is working and not working for you. And that's why tracking your progress can be really important. And tracking your progress in, in the research, it, it's one of the things that is associated with long-term health outcomes more than anything else. And it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, being really meticulous about tracking everything you eat for a long period of time. It's just paying attention to certain things. Like, for example, I weigh myself occasionally. I don't do it all the time, but that's a form of tracking progress. I don't do it every day, but I weigh myself occasionally to understand my current body mass. That's one way that I track progress. I see how much weight I lift. That's one way I track progress. I time my runs. I track progress in that way. So there are ways that I track outcomes or ways that, it, you know, you can also track habits. And I recommend more so focusing on habits as opposed to outcomes because the habits are what you're going to be executing on a daily basis. And the habits are what are going to lead to the outcomes. So if you're continuously exercising, if you're continuously sleeping well, if you're continuously eating more vegetables, eating within your energy needs, eating the appropriate amounts of protein, if you're doing those things, you will see improvements in the outcomes. And then if you don't, then you have to make adjustments to the habits. And so that's, you know, tracking both habits and outcomes is important, but focusing on habits as opposed to the outcomes is what I recommend doing in the day-to-day. -day. So don't weigh yourself. I mean, you can weigh yourself every day. I talk about this in the Energy Balance podcast. You shouldn't, like, don't focus so much on moving the scale, moving the scale, moving the scale, or, or getting stronger, getting stronger, getting stronger. You're going to get stronger if you consistently lift weights. You're going to build muscle if you're consistently lifting weights and eating the right amount of calories and eating the right amount of protein. It's going to happen over time. And this is why tracking is important because it helps bring mindfulness to help you make adjustments. Another example is for me, sleep is the most important for me in terms of habits. Like I'm good with my nutrition and exercise habits for the most part. Yeah, there's some minor things that I'm always kind of adjusting and working on and, and just being more mindful of and things like that. But for me, sleep is the one that 
I mean, I, I basically told myself that I could get away with less sleep. And, you know, it starts to cast up to you after a period of time. And you start to realize, like, wow, I I can't really get away with as little sleep as I thought I could. So sleep is a thing that I've been trying to, like, focus on and improve for quite some time now. It's probably been the thing that I'm most mindful of in terms of, you know, my habits. And I, and I have done all these things. Like, I identified that I need to improve my sleep. I set a bedtime. I put my son to bed early enough. And the way that I track my progress is I have like an app on my Apple Watch. And that's the only reason I have an Apple Watch. Like I, I normally forget to turn this on while I'm working out to like, you know, track exercise and things like that. You know, it's kind of cool to see some of the other data, but I don't really pay attention to or am not trying to modify anything except for sleep. And Apple Watch can be a good way to track data for people who want to, be, like, for example, if you want to be more active you know, look at the the activity level on there and increase it over time. And that's a good way to kind of help track. That's one of the reasons that I kind of like these Apple Watches and other devices because they're providing data. And if we don't get attached to that data, if we don't let that data like impact our mood, if we just use it as data and we say, okay, this is telling us information and understanding that information. Okay, I was more active than I was today. Not necessarily, you know, some people say, oh, I'm trying to hit, you know, a thousand calories every single day in, in terms of like energy expenditure on the Apple Watch. And that doesn't really mean anything. These things aren't super accurate, but it, it can help you push yourself in certain directions. So if you're like, I want to be more active and, and you are noticing a trend and pushing a trend up or, or even setting sometimes setting that goal, like thousand calories on this, even though, you know, it's not accurate, can can kind of help you develop that habit of getting more active. And so using these different devices and, and strategies, journaling and apps, and there's so many different apps like Habit Tracker apps. I'm not familiar with all of them, but those are great tools to help with long-term change. And you don't have to do them forever. Like you, in many cases, once you develop a habit and it's and it's stuck, the effort that is required to maintain it is, is much less. Like I don't, there's no effort for me to maintain my habit of lifting or my habit of eating healthy, balanced meals or, you know, things like that. Like there's almost no effort for me to maintain those things. And it's just the beginning stages. You have to be more intentional. You have to do these things at the beginning stages. And then you can lay off a little bit and you don't have to pay attention to it as much. And you can You get into a rhythm after that and everything becomes a lot easier once you develop healthy habits. So those are the three steps to like get started. So identify the specific habits you want to change, make a plan, start to implement that plan, and then track your progress towards, you know, modifying those habits. Some other things that are really important that can help with this long-term change is modifying your environment. So for example, with nutrition and exercise habits, modifying your environment can look like putting a treadmill under your desk and getting a standing desk. And that's probably something that I need to do because I'm very inactive throughout the day. And so, you know, identifying these different areas where you can modify your environment to encourage more of that behavior that you're trying to encourage. So if you're trying to eat more fruit, putting a fruit bowl on your desk, or putting fruit, you know, a fruit bowl in the middle of your table or directly on your counter. So if you see the fruit, you're going to be more likely to eat it. If you have a salad, you know, pre-prep 
at the front of your fridge, you're going to be more likely to eat it. And so we can modify our environment in different ways to set up ourselves for success. Another thing would be like putting your clothes out before you go to bed, your exercise clothes out before you go to bed for tomorrow. And that's a little bit of planning as well, but you know, just being intentional about creating the circumstances around you that are going to make you more likely to be able to adhere to those changes. Another thing is just taking some stuff out of the house, like in terms of foods. And I'm not a big fan of like hyper restriction, but, it, but obviously if, if the majority of the foods in your house are not very nutritious, you're going to be less likely to eat nutritious foods. Now, if you have a couple of things in there, that's going to be less likely. But if, if let's say, for example, you just have a whole bunch of snack foods in your pantry, you're going to be more likely to eat those things. And I'm not opposed to having, you know, things that you enjoy in your home and enjoying things as a part of a nutritious diet. But if it's a lot and, you know, you open your fridge and it's a large percentage of different snack foods and cookies and crackers and stuff in the, in the pantry, you're going to be more likely to eat those things. And just by nature of that environment, no amount of effort is going to help you manage that. And that's, you know, we see these increases in obesity in our country over the last 50, 60 years. And our genetics have not changed, but the environment has. And the environment has now created a situation where highly palatable foods that have high amounts of calories and they're not very nutritious are so ubiquitous and easily accessible. And that has led to some negative health outcomes in many ways. And we have to modify and work on our micro environment in our home to set ourselves up for you know success. We can't modify the external environment. We're still going to be driving by McDonald's on the way home if you're you know driving home from work most likely, but we can modify that that micro environment in our home as best as we possibly can. The other thing, social support or some form of accountability. So social support slash accountability. This can be telling people that you're making a specific change. This can be finding a friend who wants to make that specific change or make their own changes with you. That can be joining a some type of community around improving those habits. It can be hiring a coach even in specifically if you know that you've really had a hard time with making some of these changes, you've really struggled with certainty in knowing that you're doing the right things, you've struggled with getting the results that you want, hiring a coach can be incredibly beneficial in terms of the accountability. And sometimes, you know, you can join certain programs that offer social support and things like that as well. So I highly recommend if you continue to struggle with making changes, that you implement some of these steps and you start to work on some of these things. You come up with some specific targets, you put together a plan, you start to execute the plan, you track some way, and then you do your best to like modify your environment to make it easier on you and you enlist some social support and accountability as well. And if you can do these things, um, you're going to be more likely to succeed in terms of long-term nutrition and exercise behavior change. And 
you know, when it comes to one of the things I mentioned, social support, it can go the other way as well. And so, you know, if you're trying to improve your habits, sometimes that means spending less time with certain people. And sometimes that means avoiding certain scenarios that may not put you in the best position in terms of what you want to achieve out of your health and and out of your life. So, you know, that might mean not drinking until 2 a.m. on the weekends. And I'm sure most of you don't do that, but like, just an example, like if you have a friend circle that does that every weekend, then you might have to reevaluate some of these things. And I'm not telling you not to be friends with your friends, but you might have to think about the ways that social interactions are impacting your habits and consider what the necessary steps are to modify those social interactions in a way that's going to positively impact your health. And again, all of this needs to be weighed in your own personal life. But if you're finding that, you know, the the social support that you have is not the type of social support that is helping you to thrive in your life, then it may be helpful to reach out elsewhere and try to find other avenues of you know, friendships and, and, and things like that. And going to the gym can sometimes, you know, help with this for a lot of people. You go to the gym, you're around other people who go to the gym. You can meet people at the gym, you can make friends at the gym, you can go and do other things. Like I play basketball with some guys and they invite me to other things. And that tends to happen when you start to put yourself in environments that are, that lend towards these things. So when you start to go to the gym, when you start to go to like healthier food stores and things like that, or or different types of activities that are more lent towards healthier habits, you're going to meet more people and develop more social support around those particular habits. But if you are doing things that lend in the opposite direction, you're probably going to set yourself up for going in the opposite direction. So quick recap, some tips to change your habits. Identify specific habits you want to change. Specific. I want to highlight that word. Identify specific habits you want to change. Create a plan for how you're going to make changes to those habits. Track your progress in those changes. Are you improving? Are you not improving? And then use that information to modify your approach. And then modifying your environment. So doing your best to create an environment that encourages healthier habits. You know, Putting a gym in your garage if necessary and you have the resources that can really lend towards healthier habits. So modify your environment in ways that can lend towards healthier habits and then find social support. You know, either have some friends that you can share healthier habits with and and kind of discuss this with. Find some accountability through various avenues. You can hire a coach, you can join a program, you can do various things like that that can help with the social support aspect and the accountability aspect, but this is really important for a lot of people, especially those who struggle with starting, stopping, starting, stopping. Oftentimes, having that outside accountability will help you just start and keep going, develop momentum, and then you can keep building that momentum on your own over time. So if that's you and you've kind of struggled with really making these habit changes in the past and you feel like you might benefit from some accountability and also some expert guidance from myself on your nutrition 
And to help you learn how to get into resistance training, you can go to dradrianchavez.com forward slash coaching. You can find more information about a 12-week coaching program that I run. When you listen to this, we will most likely be closed for now, but you can submit an application and you will get on the wait list and we'll let you know when we open back up and take more clients. But this is an opportunity to get some accountability, get some social support because we run it as a group program with the membership site. And you get some guidance for myself with your nutrition, personalized nutrition for me based on your own specific, unique circumstances within the same with your exercise training. It's all personalized based on your unique circumstances from my trainer, Alex. So check that out. If that sounds like something you might be interested in, dradrianchavez.com forward slash coaching. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of the Nutrition Science Podcast. I hope this information was helpful and I hope you have a great day and we will talk soon.